Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Glenn, and Merry Christmas Eve, and Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Holidays, and Happy Everything, man. I'm not one of those people that get offended that everyone doesn't celebrate the same holidays I do. Uh, not only do I not get offended, I'll wish you whatever, Merry, whatever you celebrating. But, uh, man, it's crazy. People are going crazy scrambling to get the last-minute gifts, and I actually went out I went out the other night, I went out Sunday night, and it was rainy, and it was dark, and like somebody almost rammed into my car, like they they were going to get over, but like half of their car, and half of my car were, you know, that it was like they weren't even in front of me, if they would have come over, they would have like probably totaled my car, and so I laid on the horn, and I was like, man, that was crazy, and then I pulled into a parking lot, and uh, I was going into a store, and uh, somebody almost ran over me in the parking lot, right? And I was like, this is crazy. I'm just going home. I'll deal with this tomorrow. So yesterday, Monday, Christmas Eve Eve, I, uh, right after work, I went out, and I couldn't find what I was looking for. I was looking for a specific, like a specific item for a kid. And uh, I couldn't find this anywhere. I drove all over looking for this particular thing. And uh, so I thought, well, there's the sketchy side of town that has a Walmart. And, and I'm talking about, it's really a sketchy side. I'm talking about $10 phone cases are under lock and key. I'm talking about like security, like security guards. Police are always there. Homeless people always approach me in the parking lot. Like, it's just in a sketchy part of a bigger city. And so I'm coming out, and and it was like, you can say, Glenn, you were profiling. It wasn't an expensive gift. I was just like, man, I don't think a lot of people probably buy this gift. It's not a hot item in, in like, a rougher neighborhood, I wouldn't think, you know? And I was right. See, I was right for assuming that. Like, I got what I went after. They had... A bunch of these things when they're they've been sold out everywhere else so I was right because I know I know the street so anyway I'm coming out it's raining I throw my hood up over my my head and uh, I'm kind of walking with my head down in a parking lot and you always got to be I don't know when you're in that kind of a neighborhood and in that kind of an area you've always got to be aware of your surroundings but I don't look around you know, I don't look around a lot because, number one, I don't want to make eye contact with anybody. And I don't want to see anything that's like none of my business that's going on, you know. And so I'm just kind of walking with my head down in the rain. And I, I kind of glance over um, and there's this old couple. I would say they're probably in their 70s, right, loading a, a van like a minivan and the door like comes up and they're loading a minivan in the rain well the the husband you know he he's digging through his jacket pockets i guess making sure that he didn't set his keys on the inside before they shut the door you know what i mean and so he's digging through his pockets and i'm kind of walking up on him and all of a sudden, he pulls his hand out of his pocket, and a pair of brass knuckles <laughs> falls out of his pocket and just clinks onto the ground, right? Well, right when that happened, I just started laughing. 
I just started laughing, not loud, but it just made me laugh because this old man is carrying around a pair of brass knuckles. Well, his wife saw me laughing, and it's this this old white-haired lady, and she just looked over at me and she just smiled, and I, I it just made me feel good. It made me feel good. This old couple is out Christmas shopping, and nobody's gonna mess with them. And he left his house with that mentality. You know, and it just made me feel good. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, that's sad that, that you know, uh, old people have to carry around brass knuckles. But would you rather be a victim, you know? Would you rather be a victim? Or, you know, if you saw some young punk robbing grandma and grandpa, would you like to see grandpa crack him in the head? You know, that's, I mean... It really put me in the Christmas spirit. And I got what I was going after, so it was a win-win. It was a good day. It made me happy. But anyway, let's get into the podcast. Alright, so today I thought that what I would do is uh, like take a trip down memory lane. Because I've been thinking about a lot this week. I've been thinking about what Christmas was like as a kid. And uh, and so when I was young, my parents used to take us to Alabama every Christmas. We'd go see my grandmother. And uh, we call her Grandmommy. We would go see her in Gaston, Alabama. And, and so we'd pile up in the station wagon. We were always the station wagon family, man. We always had station wagons big and i'm not talking about the like the ford tourist station wagons or the volvo station wagons we had like the big i guess buick (laughs) buick or chevrolet station wagons like the big the big mahoney's man and uh and i would sit in the back most of the time i would sit in the very back of the station wagon and when i grew up in florida it was like a 12 hour ride to my grandma's house um from where we lived in south central florida but then when we moved to South Carolina, it was only six hours to get there. And I, re- I remember when we would get to Anniston, Alabama, and we would get off the interstate. And uh, and that's when I felt close. It was like f- probably 45 minutes an hour from my grandma's house. And that's when I really felt close. And uh, there were 16 grandchildren. Like There were uh, 15 cousins that I had. And I guess I had, let's see, one, two, three, four. There were four boys that were around my age, right? So it was like, really, we got into we got into a lot of stuff together, let me tell you. that I'm not going to talk about this podcast, and some of it I'm probably going to take to my grave, some of the stuff we did. But, uh, but anyway, like, so I would always be excited to see them at Christmas time. And uh, I remember getting to my grandma's house in Alabama, and it was just really exciting because you know when you you associate certain smells with certain times in your life when you smell something uh it might remind you of you know a certain time in your child it might bring like just memories back i remember when we would walk into her house there were a lot of smells like a lot of she was always cooking she was such a great cook and uh and i remember getting there and then we just kind of had free range when we were kids, like because I grew up in a semi semi strict household, and uh, 
when we got to grandmommy's man it was like i was drinking six packs of coke and eating all the candy and cookies that i wanted and i was like i was a i was a fat kid you know i'm not gonna lie i was probably if all the see if all the kids in home alone if if i had to pick which kid i was i probably looked a lot like fuller uh the bedwetter but I probably had a body more like bus. <laughs> that's what it was like. That's what it was like. And uh, but I finally grew into my body, and uh, it just turns out I was I was like a kid with a dad bod all along. That's how it was. That's it. So uh, so we would get there and was so excited. And I thought about one year when we got there, uh, and I just thought that I would say this. And this is ridiculous. This whole episode is kind of ridiculous, but uh. It's Christmas. It's Christmassy. It's a Christmas episode. But anyway, I remember one year when we got there, there was a guy there that uh, that a lot of my family listened to his his tapes, his cassette tapes. He had cut cassette tapes. Now, I'm not saying this guy was by no means famous, right? He was famous within church, like church people, you know. And uh, there were uh, there was preachers all in my family. And, uh, and so he did like church music. So when we got there, this was probably in the eighties when we got there, I'd never seen him before in real life. And I really didn't care. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it didn't impress me. But when we got there, it was like this heavy, it was this heavy set guy and he had a mullet and he had one of those, you know, those eighties sweaters, uh, those eighties, uh, you know what I'm talking about? You know, the sweaters that Neil wore on the Santa Claus movie and uh and scott calvin was constantly making little sarcastic remarks about his sweaters throughout the whole movie it was like one of those 80s sweaters that people wore maybe 80s and 90s well anyway he's sitting there this big fella with a guitar you know la 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 and he's he's playing the guitar and he has a mullet and he's sweating profusely i just remember getting there and was like who's the fat guy sweating playing the guitar and you know all the family is gathered around in the living room uh and they're they're all singing you know they're all having a shouting contest with who can sing the loud la 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 and i'm just like man i don't even care about this i'm just trying to i'm just trying to go like slam you know go go, go get a a sam's choice coke and you know turn it up and poke a hole in it and then crush the can on my you know i'm just trying to get down to business why are we here and uh and so I remember that this week, and it made me, yeah, yeah, it just made me laugh to think back about the, everybody's family is crazy, but mine was crazy. I mean, we were just crazy in a different way, I guess. But I remember all the, I remember all the weird people that would stop by. I remember, um, I remember a guy stopping by one night dressed like Santa Claus, and he was giving eggnog to all the parents, and, uh, but the kids can have the eggnog. I was like, well, that's kind of messed up. You know, that, that Santa Claus is supposed to be some for the kids, but you coming around and giving stuff to the, you know, giving eggnog to the parents. What's up with that? It's like not even right. I don't even, I mean, my parents were like, we don't want to lie to our children. So we won't tell them there's not a Santa Claus, which I still hold a resentment towards them for that, because I think that would have gotten a lot more stuff at least for a couple years, because I really wasn't that good of a kid, so it really wouldn't have made much of a difference for me, but for my siblings, it might have, you know, but I thought about, there was this other guy that would stop by, and he ran all the time, and he talked, man, he talked, I bet he has a podcast, I bet 
if I tracked him down, I bet that dude has a podcast now because he would come over and man, it annoyed some of my family, especially my grandmommy would like, uh, it annoyed her a little bit sometimes when he would stop by constantly. And, uh, but he was, uh, he did like Ironmans and stuff. And this guy would come in, you know, those tiny shorts, you know, those, like, I'm talking about the runner shorts. I don't even know. Do they still wear those? I'm talking about like Daisy Dukes, but not, they're not tight. It just, it, it was weird. Cause it was the winter time and it was Alabama. It wasn't like snowy, cold weather, but it was still pretty cold. And he would have like a sweat uh sweatshirt on and he'd just come in in these tiny little shorts with his legs all hanging out everywhere and was just kind of a weird man to be around you know with i don't know with all the kids running it's like there's the there's the shorts guy has stopped by but then see what me and my cousins would do is my grandma had uh it's kind of like a ballet studio downstairs because when she was younger, she was a dancer in New York city. So she taught like classic ballet, classical ballet. And, uh, so her downstairs was kind of set up as a dance studio. Um, but me and all my cousins would have sleeping bags and there were futons down there and we would all crash down there. And, uh, and we would like watch, uh, we would, we had watched TV. We'd watch whatever we wanted to. One time, one Christmas, so we had rented, we were young. When did this even come out? Bad Boys. It was the Bad Boys movie. And we had rented all these rated R movies. And uh, and one of them was Bad Boys. Let's see. When did Bad Boys come out? Let me just see this right here. This will tell me what year exactly it was. Not Bad Boys for Life. I'm talking about the original Bad Boys. All right, let's see. Bad Boys 2. Not Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 1. Man, Google, you should, like, I can't wait till Google can just, like, read your mind. All right, it says 95. So it came out in 95. It was a new movie. So we were, like, I guess I was a little bit older. I was a little bit older for this, but it was still awkward, right? So, because there were younger, there were younger kids down there too. So we were watching Bad Boys, and if you've ever seen Bad Boys, you'll know that they drop about like fifty f bombs in that movie, right? And so we turn it on, and <laughs> we turn it on, and then my uncle, which is also a preacher, comes down like during the opening credits. He comes down and sits down on one of the futons, right, and watches the entire movie with us, and he just did it to make us all uncomfortable because I was like, you don't want to be that, like that, that one kid that stands up and is like, Oh, I am repulsed by this, you know, and stomp off. And you don't want to be the one that stands up. And because they'll, they'll know, they'll know it. He, he would have known that it's not sincere. He would have known that like, you're just doing that because I'm here. So all of, it was the most uncomfortable move. We were all talking after the movie because like three or four of the kids down there were her, his kids. And it was like the most uncomfortable movie that I've ever watched. He sat all the way through it, man. And he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Even afterwards, he didn't say anything because he knew that that was punishment enough for, like, that was like, just him being there the whole movie was like, oh, I don't know. It's like, it would be like one of your parents standing there during your first sexual experience 
but you being paralyzed and not being able to move or do anything, you know what I mean? It was that, it was just a terrible thing. Right. But, uh, so, so that, happened. but downstairs there, there was that room and we were all crashed down there. And then there was the basement that you opened a door and it was like a basement and there was a freezer washer and my, like my grandmother's car was down there and like, uh, it was just an open basement. Well, my grandma put a toilet down there for us, right? Just a toilet, like, by the washer and dryer. And I guess she's like, oh, they're boys. They'll be all right. And it was like she put up this little, you know, the little bendy wall thing? What is it called? You know what I'm talking about? Some of them have, like, Chinese Chinese writing on them. Like, the, they're, like, sections that are probably about six foot by, I don't know, two foot. And it'll be different sections, but they'll be connected by hinges. And uh, she put one of those right by the toilet where the door came in. So if anybody opened the door and you're sitting there doing the Lord's work, you had to like yell out like, ah, you know. (laughs) And uh, so that was like the friendliest toilet ever. But we would like we would wander around that whole city, man. And it was like, uh, I don't know. There was just so much stuff to do at the at the at the top she lived on a street that started at the top of a hill and then you went down this big hill but there was a grassy side to this hill that went down towards a creek and i'm talking i'm not talking about a little hill i'm talking about like a huge steep hill and so what we would do is we would get there was never there was only snow there like a little dusting one year right and so what we would do is we would get like uh what are the discs that kids do in snow we had those and then we had like the plastic where you can roll them up like the plastic i don't know what you call it the kids have to say they have a handle in the front but they're like plastic that you can roll up and we take even boxes right and i like to call it (laughs) i like to call that hill what what did i call that hill uh, where a man, a vasectomy hill. That's what, that's what it was. Because what, I mean, with all the rocks, jagged rocks and roots that all of our testicles just slammed into, I'm surprised any of us ever fathered children after a vasectomy hill, man. And we would go down it and we would, you know, slide, it was so steep and we would just like go down it. And it's a, it's a miracle. Nobody ever broke anything going down that hill. But, uh, but I don't know. It was just, there's so many memories that are tied to my grandmommy's house when I was, uh, when I was, I remember something else she used to do. Her parents were German, right? German immigrants. And they actually came over on a boat and, uh, and set up a restaurant in Jersey, I think. And so my grandma would cook all this German food, right? Like, like Lebkuchen cookies and Pfeffernoose and all the stuff, man, that I didn't even like. Just give me some candy and some, like, uh, childhood chip cookies and I'm good. But she would cook these breakfast things called Funnakuchen, right? And what Funnakuchen were is, like, eggs and flour and uh, milk, and you pour it in this pan, in this round pan on the stove, and she would cook these things... And I guess they were about the size. I'm trying to think of what I could compare it to. Do you know those balloons, like the standard size balloons that you have blown up, like uh, helium balloons uh, in the store? You know how they look when they're flat? It's about that size. A funnel cooking's about that size. And she would cook it on the stove, and then she'd flip it over and cook the other side. And then she would put butter all over it and sugar and cinnamon and roll it up. 
and then we would like see who could eat the most of that <laughs> the most of those and so that was something else that we did and then there was a place i thought that i would talk about a place called uh let's see nakalula falls there's this place called nakalula falls in gaston alabama right and the story what there's a story behind nakalula falls because it's a big waterfall right it's kind of like a mini niagara right a mini niagara falls and um the story behind there's like this big nine-foot statue at nakalula falls of a of a native american girl jumping over the falls right and it was actually named after a cherokee um girl and her tribe lived along the black creek right the black creek um of the the where the falls were and there's a legend um this whole story is like a legend and it's pretty crazy what happened was this girl's name was nakalula and her father was the chief of of their tribe well nakalula developed feelings for this this warrior like this the strong warrior for the the tribe she like got a crush on that dude hardcore but her dad was like yo he's not wealthy he's not you know he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of money he's not really worthy of my daughter you know which i mean which can you really blame the chief he just wanted what was best for Nakalula, you know? Like, I can't blame him as a parent. He he really just wanted what was best for her. So, anyway, what he did was he arranged for Nakalula to marry a chief of another tribe, right? And not only did he do that, what he did, according, this is all according to legend, was her father was like, I'm going to banish the guy that she really likes, the warrior dude, I'm going to banish him from our tribe. You know, I'm sure that guy's like, what's up? What do I even do? You know, but at least they didn't kill him. He just banished him. So Nakalula could never, you know, see him and maybe she'd forget about him. Well, you know, Nakalula started, you know, she was, she was respectful of her dad, but she, um, but she still, you know, she was heartbroken. She was heartbroken after after all of this happened. So, um, but she continued to get ready for the wedding because her dad had arranged it with this other chief. It was a big deal. The chief's daughters get married, right? And so on her wedding day, she was being prepared for her wedding by, um, like they were preparing her for the wedding, the, the several of the women in the, in the tribe. I guess they were squaws. <laughs> I just don't have a, like, I don't get to use that word very often, so I got to use it when I can use it because I don't know a lot of words. So when Nakalula was by herself, finally when she was left alone for a minute, she slipped away to the falls that were close by. She slipped away to these falls. And uh, I guess everybody, like, quickly noticed because the women that were preparing her probably stepped away for a minute. They quickly noticed that Nakalula like was gone so everybody was looking for her well she went up to the edge of the falls and she waited until everyone was watching um she waited until everyone was watching and then she jumped over the falls right and uh and that was the story that's the story of nakalula and when the cherokee people were uh like the settlers that came in and just said okay we own this land now and the indians are like what like what <laughs> so the settlers come in and was like this is ours now they did promise the um the native americans they promised them that they would 
like keep the name of the falls named after Nakalula because her father named it Nakalula Falls, right? And so they that's what uh that's what it's called to this day. And there's even like if you go down um to the bottom of the falls, like uh, the hikers have said um like they're saying that Nakalula still haunts the falls. Um it's I mean this is part of the legend Nakalula still haunts the falls because there's a lot of hikers that have seen because the the water comes over the falls and hits the rock the rocks and there's a mist and um there's been a bunch of hikers that have claimed to have seen a young girl in the mist um of the falls so i don't know that's a nifty little place where where i grew up and you know did a lot of hiking and hung out as a kid at nakalula falls but i don't know i just thought that i would check in with you guys one more time and uh tell you a story about an Indian girl that committed suicide. Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, but uh, but I hope everybody has a happy holiday. I hope that whatever you're doing, whatever it is, man, if you're a first responder and you're working on Christmas, thank you for doing that because we need those people. Um, if you're in retail, just hang tough. You are almost there. And um. I don't know. Christmas has not always been it's not always been a pleasant time of year for me. Sometimes there are a few Christmases in my life where uh where I've been going through things that are not they're just uncomfortable, man. And there's a lot of uh Christmas firsts. You know what I mean? And uh it's not the best time of year for everybody and I realize that and I really feel for those people because I think that it's easy to get it's kind of easy to get wrapped up in the season and forget that it might not be, you know, the best time of year for everybody. You know, you just assume that it's this, or I just, man, I can't speak for everybody. Everyone just assumes, and I'll I'm speak for everyone. Like, I don't know, man. There, There's a lot of people struggling. You're either, like in life, you either, uh, you're coming out of something or you're going through something, or you're about to go through something. Like, life, there's not, it's not smooth sailing all the time, right? And uh, and so, I think that what's the most important thing at this time of year is cherishing and loving the people that are close to you. And, uh, and that's what it's about, man. It's about relationships, you know? And, you know, if this is a rough Christmas, if you're going through a rough Christmas this year um i how i always try to look at where i am currently is i try to look at where i am am i on my way to where i want to be you know what i mean because you should never just stand still you should always try to you should always try to do better (laughs) i'm not talking about in terms of of finances you know unless that's what your thing is man and the more power to you for that but i don't know man it's a it's it's life is what it is and we get one of them and so you know you never know when 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 it could be all over and uh or you could lose someone near and dear to you you know so i hope that all of you have a merry merry christmas and i hope that uh i hope that if you're jewish or if you converted to Jew- jewishism uh happy hanukkah man and light them things and do what y'all do and uh and I will talk to y'all guys. I don't know when the next podcast will be, when I will be able to have time to record the next podcast because uh, 
actually after Christmas gets kind of hairy for me. And, uh, and so I hope to get another one out in a week, but if I don't happy new year too. Peace out.